Meanwhile, back at the Hall of Justice, our mild-mannered podcasters were bombarded by gamma rays, bitten by radioactive bugs, mutated by toxic waste, irradiated with cosmic rays, born into a world that doesn't understand them. Hello, everybody. It is Wednesday, August the 26th, 2015, and you are listening to a special edition of the Talking Comics podcast. Mm. I'm here with Mr. Bob Ryer. Good evening. And Mr. Steve Say. Oh, yeah. So, um, <clears throat> this is not an official episode of the Talking Comics podcast. <laughs> We're still at, still at number 199, yeah. uh, but we wanted to put something out. It's a Wednesday. You should, you should have a, a, something to listen to um, from, from the Talking Comics feed. 199.5. 199.5. Well, can't be 199.5 because next week we've got the radio theater coming out. Oh, God. So the summer up. special. 199.33. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> um, so, yeah, we're actually we're going to record that the radio theater tonight uh, when we're recording this episode, and then um, that will be out next week. Uh, but if you're a Patreon member, $10 up, you get to listen to us. I don't know, trudging through, <laughs> try, mistaking our way through a reading. Do it again, once more with feeling. <laughs> of the Fantastic Four, number one. We'll be out next week. Uh, this week, we're going to just be doing a quick, uh, we're going to be doing our, our Share Book of the Week segment. Uh, and later on, we're going to be joined by one of the writers of that book, Jeremy Whitley. So the book is Secret Wars, Secret Love. <laughs> um, and we're going to be talking about that. And that's, it's so weird to not have anything else to say. Like, oh, we're going to talk about this and that and this. Nope. Just this book. We're going to talk to Jeremy. And that's it. For we're this saving episode. it all for the, the big yeah. 200. It's true. It's There's true. lots of stuff. Are we doing call-ins? For the 200? I don't know if it's going to be possible because I don't know. Because we're going to do it outside ah. at Jackie's. So I'm not sure how the, well the Wi-Fi is going to s- stand up. Okay. If the got, Wi-Fi stands mm-hmm. up well, then we'll figure it out. But if not, we're just going to go with who we got. Are we going to bring people in to sit down, the people that show oh, up? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So um, the plan is everybody knows. I mean is we'll do our stuff and uh but we're also going to have the talking games people can do a segment the talking movies people can do a segment and uh I- i'm sure melissa can cobble together a miss a ragtag misfits group bronwyn's going to be here bronwyn's going to be here so there yeah, you go yeah. bronwyn i know La- i think lauren's coming yeah, so yeah. jackie will be there karen will be there so we'll, they'll there'll be plenty of ladies in order to do a little misfit segment on there as well excellent um, worst comes to worst, i have about 80 feet of ethernet cable in the store that's not connected to anything <laughs> so carolyn if we need coming? it we just roll it up carolyn is coming carolyn is coming i don't Sweet. know how long she's gonna stay and she's bringing anna with her nice yes excellent uh number one talking comics writer anna yeah. <laughs> she's Art, awesome Artie those Youngers. articles they've been posting are great yeah new one coming any day now nice awesome. ben bandette oh nice very nice. I saw the draft for it. <laughs> oh, you sneak! <laughs> I, I that's that's my playground, man. That's what I do. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so that'll be, it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, it maybe or not. So our our friend Jay is in a band called Giant Teeth. Yeah. If it, he's going to try to do like a rock and roll version of our theme song. Oh man! To play no live. way! Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. So that will be cool. If that Are they gonna happens. play? 
yeah, I asked him to play a little couple songs too in there. Maybe people can jump up there with him and, and sing if they, if they want yeah, to. Yeah, oh, Steve. I'm you know, I'm definitely yeah, going to yeah. do that. I'm going to call him. <laughs> uh, but it should be, it should be cool. Uh, um, like having our own house band. I like this. Yeah, I don't know if we're going to be able to capture the sound of the band for the recording. That might just be a live thing because it's wait much more beyond my depth to record a live band um, in any sort of like cool fashion. I mean, we can just stick a recorder up there and put it in. Yeah, I was but I don't say. know how the vocals and stuff are going to balance because it's not like they're going to really be like. Yeah. Even if like if I brought like the the zoom with the, yeah. the cross mics and just yeah. stick it on like that part of the roof, yeah, and just whatever captures in, we can we yeah. can put it into the show. I just yeah. I, I want to make sure that because the vocals will get dry. I don't know how he's gonna. I don't know if he's an amplifier or not. That's right. So that's the only thing I'm and worried about. And all the people about. talking, too. Oh, yeah, you yeah, might yeah. just hear that. Yeah, exactly. So uh, we'll, all right, maybe we'll still figure it out. It might just be for people that are live right there, except for the theme song will be, we'll put it into the show. So we'll, we'll figure that out. Got to save some of the big stuff for everybody that shows up. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, should be a it's good a time. tease. Going to be uh, some, some drinking, some barbecuing, and some podcasting. So that's next week, uh, the 200th episode. If you guys RSVP'd, I sent out an email to everybody with all the details. So if you didn't get it, please let me know. Um, but if you did get it, just let me know if you're still coming. And how many people you're bringing, if you're bringing anyone. Mm. Uh, but yeah, so that's what's going on um, for September 5th, 2015. And, and so, like I said, for the Patreon people, we're going to try to stream it live. But again, the same Wi-Fi type of issues. I don't want to I don't want to say we're going to and then it not work out. So we'll see what happens with that. It's our first outdoor podcast it's after true. all. It's true. It's very true. Um, mm. well, uh, we, look, the weather is going to be great. I yeah. can tell that already. Yeah. We'll go, so under, the, we'll go under, 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 the, under the gazebo if, it, if it's not. There you go. Because we can't go in Jackie's house because it will become 350,000 degrees in there. If we're in there. <laughs> um, when there's four people in there podcasting for the games thing, it becomes like 1,000 degrees in three minutes. Yes, it does. So we can't do that. Um, but yeah, so that's what's happening. Uh, we're definitely excited uh, for that. And then after that, we'll be, we'll be back to regularly numbered episodes. Uh, but let's talk about Secret War, Secret Love. Bob, it was your choice. So why don't you yes, uh, break it down for us? Well, what we have... When I saw the solicitation for this, I, I've been on and off the Secret Wars tie-in sort of things. And this one with its sort of 60s spoofy romance comics cover uh, with Kamala Khan, sob, the world is ending and Robbie will never know how I feel. <laughs> with the dot pattern in the, in the artwork for the skin things, it's like, okay, this is going to be something really different and I'll just jump on board because I need to read more of the Secret Wars sort of things. And what I found instead, you have an anthology here that expresses all the aspects of love. It's it's unrequited, unexpected, unwavering versions of it. You have characters within this God-Doom domain stuff going on, but with tons of respect to their regular Marvel Comics romantic histories on some of them. In others, it's an expansion of what might happen if. It's just really very well put together. Without spoiling too much, because I think we're all going to pick a, a favorite and have some, some stuff to talk about. We have Guilty Pleasure by Michelle Fife. And that's a uh, Matt Karen. It, it's Daredevil Karen Page. Mm -hmm. Thing called Typhoid Mary while we're at it. Uh, fan of a Fan, Felipe Smith, which is uh, Robbie Reyes, the Ghost Rider. And Ms. Marvel, Kamala Khan. Misty and Danny Forever by Jeremy Whitley and Guru, I'm going to get this right, Guru Muhumu? Um, Guru Hiru. Guru Hiru. So I can't see. I have my magnifying glass <laughs> and I didn't use it, which is a problem. Squirrel Girl Wins a Date with Thor, which is kind of self-explanatory. Who's in that? It's Marguerite Bennett and Chris Anka. And Happy Anniversary by Katie Cook. It's a lovely mix of styles. 
The, the Daredevil story is, is rather straightforward with a killer of a last page. It is just stupendous. We've got some lighter stuff, certainly with uh, the Kamala story, Squirrel Girl, obviously. Uh, Katie Cooks is really charming. Misty and Danny Forever, As a, I'm going to jump on that one. I won't say too much because Jeremy's coming on later. But as a huge fan of that character and the whole Heroes for Hire milieu, it really strikes me as this is where these characters would be five years out if things had gone slightly differently in the real Marvel universe. And it was just charming to see all those characters interacting the way they are. Uh, Danny and Misty now have a little girl. And so the, the Cage Jones family are babysitters for hire. And we have some punching dinosaurs and some other good stuff. What did you guys think? In whatever order you'd like to jump on board here. <laughs> you want to go first? No, Steve, you can go. Go ahead. Um, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. I, uh, I picked it up. I don't always go for anthology-style stuff. I like to have just, you know, one 26-page through presentation mm-hmm. per issue. But uh, this wound up being a really treat because, I mean, for me... It was varied enough in the different uh, degrees and types of love that it was trying to express to the reader that uh, it ended up working. I think uh, the Daredevil story was fun. Uh, the art, the artwork was really interesting and really cool. Is this the from Capra? Uh, yes, yes, it is. Okay, uh-huh. yeah, I thought so. Which I still need to read and get really back good. to you. <laughs> oh, I forgot you had it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> see, it's a good thing that I keep up on that stuff. Um, I thought it was cool. It felt a little unfinished, though. To me, I kind of wanted I kind of wanted more of it. Like once I had really gotten the rhythm of it and started to feel the like the endearment and the emotions from the characters, I just wanted more. But that's a good thing. Yes. Right. So always leave them wanting more. Um, that was really cool. The Robbie Reyes and uh, Ms. Marvel comic I thought was really neat. It I didn't know where they were going and it didn't really it didn't really do it for me up until the last two pages. There's an interaction yeah. between the characters that was just so perfect, and and even a little uh, a little predator uh, Arnold yes. action going on in there, and uh, I thought that was nice. Having nothing to do with him actually being on the show later, the Jeremy Whitley uh, Iron Fist and Misty was my favorite by far. Mm-hmm. Um, I just thought it was wonderful. Punching dinosaurs always wins, <laughs> and um, I just I liked. Um, I like that it got a little bit more real um, as opposed to some of the other, I mean, reading about fictional characters, this, as, even though they are fictional, fictional characters, it's a real relationship that you can relate to as opposed to it just being two heroes. I mean, they are heroes. Mm-hmm. I'm talking in circles at the moment, but I think no, you know exactly what, I mean. what you yeah, mean. Absolutely. Yes. Like, you know, like there's quiet moments. There's, there's friction, right? Like not, mm-hmm. not everything is perfect. It's one thing to watch two people go off and, be heroes and teamwork and the whole bit and go home to celebrate the day. But it doesn't always, it's not always like that. No. no the moment over her dress. Yeah. Yeah. I won't, yeah. Spoil, I won't spoil the joke, but yeah, there's a moment about the dress Misty's wearing at dinner. Yeah. Relationships come, yeah. come with hardships and it, and it focuses on that and it manages to convey a lot about that within a sh- the short amount of pages that are provided for the story. Mm-hmm. Um, of all the stuff, um, I mean, the squirrel girl thing was just, ridiculously awesome <laughs> and the katie cook thing i thought was was pretty adorable but um i would want more of uh the misty knight and iron yeah. fist stuff i loved the interactions um the kids were adorable the artwork is fantastic um just everything everything about that section of the book uh really worked for me a lot and i would i would definitely read 
more than that. Um, but yeah, those are pretty much my thoughts. No, thumbs up, around. it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's thumbs up for me, too. Uh, I'll say again, and, and it's going to seem like we're saying this because he's on the show. I do think the Misty Knight, uh, Danny Rand mm. one was, was the best story. I, I think it feels like the most developed of all the stories. The others feel like, um, I'm going to say jokes, but more like bits. Like They feel like they have a setup, punchline, boom, and they're done. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that, but that's what they feel like. And then that one feels like it's... A contained full story within a, within a few pages, which I, which I really liked, and I, I, it might be just also because those are characters that we don't really see right now um, in in the Marvel universe. So it's nice to go check back with them. Uh, you know, maybe the you know, heartness makes heartness. <laughs> <laughs> Absence makes the heart grow fonder. <laughs> Hardness makes Hardness. the abscess grow fonder. Yes. Oh God. Um, so <laughs> we're live. Yes, we are yeah. live. So, <laughs> so that that might be one of the reasons. But I did I did really enjoy that. I thought the art uh, was also gorgeous in it. It reminded me a little bit of uh, Hanny's art. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it had uh, a little bit of um, love and capes mm. to yes. it as well. Yeah. So yeah, the, the expressions yeah, and yeah. stuff like that, yeah. Uh, the uh, Michel Fief uh, story, mm. I it was really awesome to see him doing mainstream, you know, big two comics. That's awesome. Uh, Copper is is fantastic book. Uh, I talked about it like months ago. Mm-hmm. Steve stole it, so you know. But people, yeah, people, people <laughs> must read be it. good. Yeah, I definitely. Ah. I saw it though. I want to say it. it's actually funny that I when I think about that, I saw it in Fourth World the other day. So I don't know if it's gotten a little bit more of a enhanced oh. um, print or something like that, but it, I saw it available. So it's definitely something you should check out, especially if you're excited about Suicide Squad movie coming out. But great art. I loved it. I, lo- I love that last page. I just love like this idea that like the world is crashing down and, and these two people there in the middle of it. You know, I think that's a really beautiful, beautiful image. Uh, you know, I, I like the Ms. Marvel Robbie Reyes one. You know, again, it's pretty much like a joke. It's very much like a bit, you know, premise, mm-hmm. bit, setup, go, punchline. Uh, and... And it was it was good, but I you know it didn't leave me with anything after it was over. The Misty Night, uh, Danny story I, I loved, and you know the uh, the last few as well were very much like that too. They're very much like jokes. Like the Squirrel Girl one is funny, uh, especially like the thing with the abs, yeah, which which is, which is all which is very funny. And of course the Katie Cook one is 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 very is clever and adorable in that way that Katie Cook is clever and adorable. Yep. Uh, and so you know I will say that I liked everything that was there. There's nothing I would say oh I did not like this story, but. I do feel for five dollars. It was uh, it was it was light for for, okay. for, for five dollars. That's I think my my issue with it. You know maybe 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 in my like Steve was saying a full thing is something I, I react to better. So maybe if they did individual kind of issues for each of these, but maybe you can't even do that. Maybe that wouldn't they never would have cleared you know five issues of Secret mm-hmm. Love, Secret Wars, uh, Secret Wars, Secret Love. Sorry, but um, I did enjoy it. I just. I don't know if I could recommend it for five dollars. That's my only reservation about about the book itself. Uh, we have reaction from we do the Twitterverse. We do or absolutely. the forumverse. Is that a word? No, oh, there's a Twitterverse. Um, it can be. Okay, you can there be. is now. the The word Twitterverse isn't real anyway. So <laughs> I don't know about. It's these also things. a made up word anyway, so you can make yeah. it up for anything. Um, yeah, we'll have some reaction. So it, hashtag TCBOTW. Uh, this is from uh, MacTheCat82. Secret War, Secret Love number one. Quite a mixed bag of candy. I liked them as Marvel Story. The rest was meh. Um, 
Music City Comics at Just Drew VG says, Secret Love overall had its ups and downs, but any comic that gives uh, Michelle Five room to play gets an instant thumbs up. Um, Nikki, who is out of I Am Asian Batgirl, said, Love Secret War, Secret Love, number one. I want more comics with Danny, Misty, Lucy, Colleen, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, etc. Uh, Julio Perez, who's at Brittle Jewel, says, Secret War, Secret Love, racial diversity and characters that I hope for in all new, all different. Lots of bugs, too. Um, <laughs> hashtag Americate. Next, please. Thanks. Bye. Yeah. So uh, Americate <laughs> is America Chavez and, and Kate Bishop from ah. uh, uh, from Hawkeye. Yeah. Uh, people are people are shipping them. That's the term the kids use. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that. I read that in a book somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> I know that's a term that I've heard that before. Um Blue Girl, who's at AZ25Blue, says, Misty and Danny forever. Th- they seriously uh, need their own ongoing series. Amen. Uh, let's see. Uh, Robo Rangatang, Marvel Secret Love Story with Misty and Danny reminded me why I adore romance comics. Hubert, who's at Stimuli File, says, I was excited to pick this up because of the creative teams, but $5 was a tad too much. For 20 some odd pages. Methinks not. Uh, at AngelCakes83 says, I thought it was adorable. Squirrel Girl and Missy Knight for the win. Speaking of $5. Yes. I just got to the page where my digital code is supposed to be. And it ain't there. Huh. Huh. Five dollars. Get out of here. <laughs> who did who did you buy that from? Oh we my, can't say. Oh I bought gosh. this in Canada. Uh, well, oh. well, is that a possibility? Mine has one. Does you it say digital code on it? Yeah. Does your... Th- yeah. Oh. To redeem your code oh. for a free digital <laughs> copy, go to marvel.com slash redeem mm. and enter this invisible code. <laughs> yeah. no. Whatever. You... I got my physical copy. Yeah. You can keep your pixels for all I care. Visible information. Kiss <laughs> my ass. Sorry. It's in the cloud. Mm. Your, your poor digital copy is just waiting there and no one's ever going to read it. And you, mm. Yeah, or, right. so, or somebody is going to read it because they stole it. Yeah. <laughs> you never know. You never know. Could it be a Canada thing? No, I don't think so. No, it's okay. not the first time that it's happened uh, to me. It wouldn't say digital copy on it. They, would, they wouldn't be allowed to do that if it didn't didn't wasn't supposed to include it. Um, I literally did not read anything else this week other than this. I um, I read a couple of things. I read Constantine. Oh, cool. Uh, I read Phonogram. Mm. Oh, oh, the new one, right? Oh my god, it's good. Mm. It's really. I mean. You, I, if you're going to read it, you definitely should read the first two volumes. Um, it picks up, it's like it never went away. Mm. And that, I mean, that's the best compliment that I can give it because it's just, they're right back into the attitude of it. They're right back into the art. The characters are there and it picks up right where the last one left off, mm. where we were kind of left with this, you know, big reveal and what is the fallout of that. Right. Um, and they pay tribute to a certain video of the 80s hmm. uh, art-wise. That is just, it's like five pages of awesome. Mm, cool. So, um, yeah, one of my friends in Canada was not sold and not, like, excited about the series coming out again. And I went over to the to the shelf and I turned to those pages and I just held them mm-hmm. up to him. And he goes, God damn it. And I'm like, <laughs> yup. He's like, now I got to buy it. I said, yes, you do. Um, and I started reading... Uh, Raina Talgemeyer, who did Smile and Sisters mm. that I talked about a while yes. ago. Um, aside from the Babysitter's Club books, she has a book called Drama, which is not about her, but again, about a young girl um, who is a stagehand uh, putting on a high school production with her and her friends. And it's kind of a like 
theater-driven love story of like what it's like to be in in junior high and you know actors who want to try out for the parts come out of the woodwork and you've never noticed them in school before but now like they're all you can think about and all you can see and all this stuff and um she just has a really really good way of getting into the frame of mind like the time where you were of that age and going to school at that age you can like you feel like you're there these are people in your school or these are people that you knew um she just she owns that bit of nostalgia that makes you like harken back to that and stay there um i'm only like i don't know 50 or so pages into it but it's really good cool um and then i of course i started reading the martian right after you talked about it right right and it is spectacular awesome yeah bobby you read anything do you read anything else i could do my lightning round if you like no Uh, Don't break the rules, Bob. No rules today. There are no (laughs) rules today except there are rules. Yes. (laughs) I will say, because I think Justin would like to hear me say it, that I did read uh, Renew Your Vows Ah. number four. Mm. I just remembered something else. Go ahead. (laughs) And I enjoyed this a little more Mm. than I did the previous one. Still not completely sold. It may read better combined when you see more of where Peter's at, Mm. but he's starting Mm. to turn back into Peter a little bit. (laughs) So, Justin, you were right. (laughs) All right. Here's a conversation for you. I read the first volume of Sunstone. Okay. I bought volumes one and two, and I believe that volume three hits hits shelves this Wednesday. Yes, it does. Okay. I'm going to have to make a special trip to go and get that because, Not everyone has that. First of all- Are you liking it, obviously? I absolutely love it. I absolutely love it. It is positively one of the most gorgeous books I have ever seen. Um, and like I, I bought it and I, and I started reading it and I like, this is coming from your recommendation Mm -hmm. and other people have talked about it too, but like, you've been pushing that series and saying how good it was. And like, I'm fanning through it in the store and I'm like, Bob, (laughs) this is, uh, this is a little racy for, for Mr. Bob Ryer. I remember when I talked about the first one, you you pulled it across the table and you showed it to Bobby like, like, what's he looking at? What's this guy <laughs> reading all of a sudden? So that's the thing. Like, I, you know, but even in the first two pages, I could already see what you, I could already, like, see what you were talking about. And I already felt the, like, the level of, of consent and, like, every pitfall possible of, write, like, a, a male writer writing a book like this and presenting, mm-hmm. doing this presentation of this BDSM comic involving a, you know, lesbian relationship mm-hmm. between two women and, like, a third party, like, a third wheel male character kind of thing. And I'm like, oh, my God, like, this is just ripe for disaster yep. and, and criticism. But there hasn't been any about it. And I'm like, so what is so different about this? And it's every single time that something could become offensive or go wrong. He, uh, Stefan Sejish is his name. Very Sejish? good. Okay. Mm-hmm. He manages to to write it so that it's it's so respectful to the characters. Mm-hmm. It's respectful to like the BDSM like society or group or whatever. All of that stuff is covered and it's it's researched and it's not treated. It's treated as taboo, but it's not treated as something that should be looked down upon. But embraced, but only embraced if you have full consent from all the yeah. participating parties. And it's also about this absolutely just incredible connection between these two women and how they meet is fantastic and all of the trepidation. They're both nervous about it and you're switching perspectives from one page to the other. 
And it really just comes together to be this absolutely gorgeous, gorgeous presentation of a really like a topic that not all people are going to be comfortable reading. But he managed like there's nudity, there's there's sex, but there's no there's nothing graphic about it. There's nothing salacious either. It's amazing that in a book it gets pretty hot, man. No, no, what I'm saying (laughs) salacious, I don't mean no. It is very sensual. It is very sensuous. Mm Mm-hmm. Salacious meaning, <laughs> yeah. You're not, you're not tittering at it. No, no pun intended. There is no. <laughs> as soon as I start to say it, I knew I was in trouble. This is why but I brought this no up. Other word. No tittering. <laughs> um, you're not there to look at it and gawk. You're not right. there to laugh. The the facial expressions on Allie, mm-hmm. particularly, mm-hmm. are are just. She doesn't know what she's gotten herself right into here. There are there are there are worse poses in the superhero books we look at quite often mm-hmm. than in this book that is really about the subject of sex. Right, and I find that fascinating. But it's uh, you know so much of it is is the atmosphere that you know the narrative and the characters that they have created that it doesn't come off as sleazy, it doesn't come off as disrespectful. Mm-hmm. Just every time that I saw uh, like a window of opportunity for it to go south or to be like you know ooh. It's not there. No. And I, I really think that's awesome. Um, I yes. have volume two. I really want to read it. And I'm totally going to, I'll go another 20 minutes uh, in the car if yeah. I have to to pick up volume three. Um, two gets you, volume two gets you into some backstory. Okay. I don't want to spoil too much. There's some really interesting things that inf- obviously informs mm-hmm. what's happening. It, it is tender, romantic. It is, uh, it, I started buying it because of people on our forum. Yeah, who had talked about Death Vigil, and I bought it. And I was not familiar with, with Mr. Shea's art, and I looked there and went, "Okay, I'll give this a shot." And it was sitting there wrapped in plastic, a Fourth World, and it was one of their twenty percent off days. Where, mm-hmm. okay, you know, for ten bucks or whatever it's going to be, I, everyone says this. I'll try this, and yeah, I was knocked out by it. Yeah, it's fantastic. It is absolutely fantastic. If you're at all curious about it, and um, you know the subject at hand mm-hmm. doesn't bother you, you definitely need to check it out dude you'll be tittering all the way (laughs) you know the first time i ever came across that word i actually remember it (laughs) and it was the zero level uh of toe jam and earl Mm -hmm. when they're sitting in the hot tub and they're they're laughing with the wahini girls and one of the words (laughs) that comes out of their mouths is titter i was like that's amazing um i don't want to one before we right before we take a break and Uh we'll be back with jeremy after after a break um uh carolyn wrote in with a email for the book of the week ah Said Misty and Danny forever, capturing friendship and marriage perfectly with important stuff about disabilities and heels and hair via dinner <laughs> and dinosaurs and movies. Lucy and Danielle, adorable. Not not sure Sunfire and Firestar needed Squirrel Girl's help with fire, but loved it. Yes. Who's Namor dancing with? Ooh. I love that. I look at emails <laughs> from Carolyn because she asks questions like this, and then below is all of these credentials about yeah. <laughs> all these really like, impressive credentials. And, and right above it says, who's Namor dancing with? I've got his magnifying glass out. Oh, I see Carol dancing oh, with I see him. Jess. Looks like he's dancing with Quicksilver. Right? I'm not looking right now. I, I took a picture of Bob looking the, through his magnifying glass. I see the red She-Hulk and the Hulk. Are we in this page? Right here. Oh, we're up on top. Oh, okay. Uh, I was on the wrong page. Oh. I'm on the wrong page. This makes great radio. Yes, that is Quicksilver. There oh. you go. Namor Quicksilver. Sitting in a tree. They cut a rug. <laughs> they cut a fine rug. <laughs> um... All right, let's take a break. Um, when we come back, we will be with Jeremy Whitley to talk about his work on Secret uh, Secret War, Secret Love. 
So we'll be right back on this very special issue of the Talking Comics Podcast. back and this man should need no introduction to talking comics listeners but i'll introduce him anyway uh <laughs> he we, we just finished talking about secret wars secret love um about his danny rand misty knight story jeremy whitley thank you so much for joining us thank you for having me uh jeremy this is i think your third or fourth time on our show which is pretty awesome yeah, I think including comics and coffee, it's, it's got to be four now. Yeah. Oh. Multiple guest Jeremy Whitley. <laughs> How you doing, man? How is your is your is your is your is your is your child safely in bed now? Safely in bed for the moment. My <laughs> wife had to uh, run out to uh, to get gas for her car, so who knows? We could uh, we could be interrupted by a flailing four year old any minute. But... Cool. That'd <laughs> <laughs> be fun. It's the kind of stuff we, we like we like around here. How you doing? Yeah. Before we get to the comic book stuff, man, how you doing? Oh, I'm I'm doing great. I'm uh, keeping busy, obviously, um, but uh, I'm I'm actually in the one like month and a half stretch where I'm I don't have any conventions. So my body has finally recovered from San Diego, and it's ready to go into this onslaught is September and October for me. Cool. Are you going to be uh, New York? I am. Nice. Um, New York will be. If I'm counting correctly, my fourth convention in five weeks. Wow. Oh, wow. So. That's a lot. We'll buy you a yeah. coffee, Jeremy. What's that? <laughs> we'll buy you a coffee. <laughs> I'll need it by then. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've got uh, Dragon Con next week. Uh, I'm doing a show in Florence, South Carolina the week after that. And then I've got uh, SPX in Bethesda the week after that. And then I think of one week off and then New York. So. All right. Slacker. Yeah, <laughs> there's gonna week be a con off, week that week. Off. Yeah, Jeremy, come, come on. on. <laughs> yeah, somebody like uh, a store invited me to come to a signing that weekend, and I was like, "Oh, no, <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't think so." It's like, "Oh, do you have something?" No, I don't. Uh, I know that's the thing that turns into a bad Jeremy story. You know, <laughs> we asked him, and he didn't show up at our store. And I'm thinking about the other 47 weeks you just did something for everybody, right? Yeah, I was just like, it's like, really, my wife will kill me if I yeah. uh, put something in that weekend. Because that's the one weekend she's going to get to see me for a month. So, mm. Good for you. Very important. Uh, so uh, what's a con like for you, Jeremy? Does it differ from one to one or is everyone kind of like the same sort of like uh, circle that you have to deal with? Um, each one's a little different and it's it's sort of gradually changing. Um you know, I've, I feel like I've just gotten to the point this this last year or so that uh, I have a lot of people that uh, come looking for me. You know, have are looking for the the new princess thing or looking to get something signed that they they just bought, um, which is is a nice change of pace from uh, just having to throw things at everybody who passes by <laughs> the table. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's different for every show. Like uh, for example, I did AwesomeCon in DC earlier this year, and I did. Uh, I did seven panels in three days, um, and then like I'll be like 
Dragon Con is a four-day show, and I've I've got one panel, but otherwise I'm just going to be sitting behind the table and um, watching the insanity because that show is is huge and big and crazy. Mm. Uh, what what's your favorite part of the whole experience of, of the of the conning experience? Um, I mean, it's hard to say. I really like um, talking to to people at at uh, the table. I, I like having people come by and you know ask sort of thoughtful, interesting questions about. Um, you know, stuff of mine that they've read. I, I like um, doing panels and, you know, being able to uh, sort of share that, that spot with uh, some interesting other professionals and really get people's opinions on things and kind of hear perspectives that I, I wouldn't hear otherwise. Um, and then I just, I love kind of the the nightlife of shows like uh, like Heroes and Charlotte where all the, all the pros just kind of go hang out at the same couple of bars and um, people end up spawning all sorts of uh, weird comic ideas, and you know, the middle of the night over several several drinks. <laughs> <laughs> very cool, very very cool. Um, well, Bob, I'm sure that you have some stuff you want to ask Jeremy. Sure, I'll just jump right in. <laughs> Jeremy, even though this is you know the Doom domain, you know it's Battle World and so on. Danny and Misty really display all that tenderness that a long history together uh, would have shown. There's also a, a poignancy to that, that that reminds me a lot. Of, just the other week, I talked about Fantastic Four 236 with the sort of Ben and Alicia thing. There's a little undercurrent of the, the what could have been sort of thing. How did you come to that here, and how long have you been a fan of these characters? Uh, so... Um, I'm gonna answer those in reverse order. Okay. Uh, I've been a I've been a fan of the characters for for quite a while. Like I I knew them sort of you know peripherally growing up, but um, I think I I got really hooked in during um, both the uh, uh, the uh, the Immortal Iron Fist run that uh, Brubaker and Fraction did with uh, mostly David Aja, um, which was really really good, and uh, and it's only got sort of his relationship in there with Misty kind of peripherally they'll you know bring her in for a couple issues and then he's off doing something else um but around the same time they also did a uh a Daughters of the Dragon what ended up being a mini series mm-hmm. and then ended up turning into Heroes for Hire eventually um but the Daughters of the Dragon was really nice cuz uh you know it was uh, uh and Gray and it has a real like concentration on on Misty and Colleen which uh I don't think the those two characters get enough time on panel together just to uh just to be awesome. Um so like that was uh that was kind of my introduction to the characters and I've been keeping up and reading a lot of the the back issue stuff since then. Um but I, I wanted I, I was really I was really put out with the way that um the the Danny and Misty uh relationship sort of um settled out in uh the uh, you know in the heroes for hire stuff that happened most recently where um they kind of i don't know they kind of shredded the relationship mm-hmm. and um didn't look back um and it was a it was an important relationship as far as relationships of people in comic books go to me um and uh, I, I wanted to see it sort of uh better served than it had been there um, so, you know, it was one of the first, uh, stories I, I pitched when, uh, I was asked about doing a, a romance story with Marvel characters. Um, and once I, you know, found out that it was a, uh, a Secret Wars and we could do pretty much 
whatever version of these characters we wanted. I, I wanted to see a a version of of these characters that had been sort of uh, that had had the sort of ending, the happy ending that I, I feel like they yeah. deserved. And uh, you know, it's it's still it, it deals very much with the idea that's um, I think common among superhero comics that like you can't have an interesting story about married people <laughs> um which i i think is is a dumb concept so um you know i wanted to sort of take the opportunity to challenge that and several of the other um you know things that I, i'd like to see in books like this absolutely hmm. now, th- did you add the the kids into this and again colleen and we have luke and and Jessica, we've got all this great stuff going on here. I, how many of people wanted? We had so many Twitter people chime in here. Want to see more of this? Is there a chance of moving forward? We'll get to see as the Secret Wars shakes itself out. As some parts of this week, we'll get to see your work on this again. Um, honestly, I I have no idea at this point. Um, my so um. You know, I, I've talked to my editor uh, Emily Shaw about you know this before um, before it came out, but she's actually been out of town ever since this book has come out, so uh, I haven't really had a chance to uh, chat with her about it. But I've had um, it's been interesting because I've had a lot of you know editors and other writers and people who love these characters that have you know um, really been excited about it, and I, I sort of started a, a informal Twitter poll that was, you know, sort of, if, if you like this issue, if, you know, this is something that interests you, just sort of, you know, reblog this, get it out there. I want to see how many people would, you know, I'd like to see the numbers of people that uh, just off the bat would say, yeah, I would pick this book up. And um, it's been, I think, four or five days since we started that and it's got something like uh 600 retweets and 450 likes and i did the same thing on tumblr and, and we're sitting somewhere around uh what are the amount of notes do we have on this now um oh yeah we're above 4500 notes on tumblr wow. um since last week so i i definitely think there's a desire for people out there to uh to see more of it and i would certainly love to write more of it i like i said i love these characters um but i, I think that's that's ultimately a uh, a decision that rests with marvel so um i'm sure they have a a number of factors that weigh into figuring out things like that those are, those are numbers that suggest there are there's an audience and they're waiting for this to come with the tv series on the way too there would be extra attention to these characters, so a certainly a very respectful version here definitely puts us in. Uh, we were all commenting on the art earlier. How did you select it? I'm going to mangle this poor fellow's name, so or I assume it's a fellow. I'll have Steve Gurihiru. Am I close? Yeah. Uh, so Gurihiru is uh, are actually a pair of artists um, that uh-huh. work together under sort of the, the name. Um, and they... Uh, you know, they work on the uh, Avatar The Last Airbender comic that uh, Dark Horse does. Um, yes. They also uh, have done some, some various other stuff for Marvel at, at different times. Um, I think the uh, it was the Thor and the Warriors 4, like Thor and the Power Pack uh, comic that they did. And um, I want to say they did a issue or two of Runaways as well. Um, but yeah, it was um, that was totally not my doing, although I couldn't have picked any better. Um, if 
like it was just uh I, I wrote this story and uh I was talking to Emily about it and she said uh you know, it looks like uh you know, Guri Hero is going to have an opening at this time I mean does that sound like you know that would be a good match for you and I said, yes absolutely but <laughs> but put them on it absolutely let's do that <laughs> it's a great blend it is cartoony but it is still very much emotional the body language facial expressions all really tell a great story on their own and then add what you bring to it just really very special so how busy a schedule they have if we're moving forward i'm, I'm <laughs> going to pitch your book for you <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i i would i would absolutely love to to work with them again and you know um to do something like this as a, a regular series would be um you know a dream of mine um you know i'd like to see something that at least features misty in a prominent role because I, I think you know uh iron fist has certainly had his his own number of, of different series and time he spent in the spotlight uh i think misty's had significantly less and i think she's a very i think she's a very interesting character and, and somebody that could definitely carry a series um unfortunately I've, I've never seen you know short of the uh the daughters of the dragon miniseries and the, the various forms of heroes for hire that gotten kind of bloated to the point that you know misty is sort of part of a large ensemble of characters mm -hmm. um but yeah i'd like to see i mean i'd love to do something um more focused either you know just on her or on their relationship or have you know, all the heroes for higher characters as, as supporting roles because i love all these sort of interactions which i mean it's probably obvious from from looking at it that you know i got pretty well everybody in there yes <laughs> That, uh, I, I would think you'd want to see. Now, if you were going to start with a, a Misty Night series, what would you would give anyone else, anyone else ideas here? Where where would you place it? What would she be doing? Would she be restarting Heroes for Hire, but more hands-on at her end of it? Or what would you do? Um, I'd like to see something. I'd like to see her doing something a little more, um, a little more scale like uh, like what they have in uh, daughters of the dragon okay. um, something that focuses a little more on uh, you know her her and Colleen working together doing stuff um, the biggest thing I'd like to see with with any sort of misty story going forward is is I'd like a little more exploration of uh, her life um, mm -hmm. because I think it's uh, it's a little odd there's you know obviously for Danny like there's a whole sort of backstory, you know, all about his family, all about all the terrible things that happened to them. Um, Misty's backstory is very, like, it kind of starts with her losing her arm, at which point, right. you know, she's already an NYPD, or, you know, detective. Um, and I think beyond that, all all you really get is, you know, her, her dad was a cop at some point in the past, and he's dead. That's really all I can remember of, of any... Yeah, that's really about it, sure. Okay, so we head we start with her story and do some Nightwing restorations sort of deal. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to see some uh, some Nightwing re restoration stuff. I'd love to see um, you know, if if it were up to me, I would love to see uh, sort of an extended family sort of cast because um, you know we don't know anything about Misty's mom or um, you know where she comes from other than you know her dad. So mm -hmm. it'd be interesting to. Uh, kind of explore that and actually see her as as a character rather than just sort of the the black exploitation thing that she's uh usually used for 
Awesome, awesome. I, I want to ask you, Jeremy, how was it uh, dipping your your toe into, into the Marvel pond and and you know the process of working with the editors there and and, and everything? Um, it's it's surprisingly easy, except for the parts that I make difficult. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, I I really had no no issues with editorial at Marvel at all. I um, you know I I. The biggest problem that I had was like, I'm just, I'm so used to doing creator-owned stuff that I'm impatient. So I, I turn in a script earlier than it's supposed to be turned in anyway, and then I'm, uh, you know, anxious to find out what's going on. I want to get something else going. You know, I want to um, work on more stuff. And uh, obviously, there's a lot of trains that they're trying to keep on time. So mostly, I'm I'm sitting in the corner going, all right, they're they're not getting back to me. Uh, must be something going on, and really, it's just more of a, oh no, we've got you know eighty other books to to deal with, so <laughs> you'll you'll have to wait. <laughs> um, and uh, you know, you t- you spoke a little bit to the reaction, uh, but how were you kind of how was that feeling when it finally hit the stands? Like how it the all of a sudden the kind of the social media and people contacting you. What was that feeling like when stuff started kind of coming in? Oh, it's. It's phenomenal because um, you know it's. This has been something that I've I've been sitting on at least script wise since you know way back in the this uh, early summer at this point, um, sort of waiting for you know, first the announcement and then for some some things to start to roll out so that I can actually talk about it. Um, but like yeah, once it once it hit the stands and you know I I could actually get on Twitter and people were excited about it and talking about it and. Um, you know, I had I had people asking me about you know, ah oh, man, would you you should do more of this? We'd love to see more of this. Like, yeah, that's totally out of my control, but yeah. <laughs> uh, so, but yeah, it's just it it's phenomenal because it's it's one of those things like uh, it's a story that I wanted to see in comics, and I think one of the things I've learned is that you know if if there's something out there that strikes you as missing that you really want to see in in the world of comics usually you're not the only one um and i, I think that's that's proven true here is uh, there's been very very excited reactions to the story in general and i mean especially to you know the last uh page or so of the story which is i think uh, the last page of, of that is very uncommon to see in comics uh whatsoever mm-hmm. but especially like I I made a joke during one of the interviews I was doing that uh, I was going to screw up Google's algorithms because I was going to have a whole lot of people who are usually searching for comics continuity looking up Bantu knots. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, and that's the the number of people that have just reacted to just the just the sort of basic level of representation there that like they're not used to seeing themselves in these characters is. I and mean, it's extremely gratifying. Yeah, I mean, even the focus just on those details is not, is something you don't you know you don't see. Like I, I even with characters of color in in books, you don't see them talking about the the minutia, right? Which I think is what is so alluring about the story. Because, um, and I, Steve mentioned this when we were talking about the book um, earlier in the segment that they feel it feels like a real relationship. It feels like oh, absolutely real people talking to one another, and I think that really comes through, especially because of those details. Well, thank you. Yeah, I mean that's 
obviously what I was going for um, is, you know, I, I wanted to feel real because um, I think, you know, those those kind of moments, those are the things that generally you remember in real relationships or the, you know, the, the quiet moments, the, you know, the the date night that's actually just, you know, sitting on the couch, eating popcorn, uh, watching kung fu movies. Um, you know, that's a lot of cases that's the kind of stuff that that sticks with you and, and reads as realistic rather than everything having to be you know super soap opery um you know and i i think people uh, obviously feel the same way you know they they reacted pretty strongly to it absolutely absolutely and hopefully it brings people um to your other work obviously i know steve you had a, a question yeah i mean this is um more of a general thing i mean it, it could be too personal and you can you can dodge it if you'd like but um like in the past, how long? How long have we known, Jeremy? Like the three, last three, three years? years? Yeah, yeah. Like you've become a writer, at least in the circles that I can see in uh, Twitter and Facebook and Tumblr and all these different social medias. That as far as writing diverse characters and being a writer who who stands firmly by those things. Um, I mean, you must have had so many people, uh, little girls in love with the the Princeless comic. What has it been like for you personally in like receiving like the the well wishes and the the kudos for doing that like do you what do you feel when people come up to you and and express their gratitude for being someone that does that it's um it's it's hard to to really put into words um because it's it's it has been extraordinary in that um you know, I I've said before to people that you know I, I don't. Princeless makes it makes an okay amount of money, but not not a ton of money. Not what doing a lot of uh, you know work for say Marvel or DC would would be paying. But it has it pays dividends in other ways that I, I wouldn't give up. And that um, you know I have very excited little girls come up to my table to pick oh. up Princeless, and you know uh, that you know. They say, or or their mom, or dad will tell me like this is this is their first comic. This is the, um, you know, this is the only comic they've ever read. They're so excited about it. They love it, um, and you know that that spreads beyond kids to I've, I've had several, um, you know, women from, you know, teens, twenties to you know forty, forty and fifty year old women mothers have come up and um, you know been really excited about the book either because it's their first book or in in some cases because like it's um it's something that that they've never had that they they didn't have as a kid that um you know i've i've had a couple people expressly say that you know um they had never felt like there was a, a place for them in comics um they, they'd never seen somebody that that looked like them or acted like them in comics mm -hmm. and um you know this this was the first time that they'd had that um you know even as an adult and that um you know it, it's something in you know in a lot of cases they wish they'd had it kid, as kids that they're excited about you know their kids having and that's I mean, just as as a parent just as a as a person that's you mm -hmm. know it's an extremely gratifying thing to to have somebody tell you that you know you've created something that they they wished they had or um that's 
you know changed the way they look at comics yeah i mean personally for me i mean the circles that i travel in i mean to stick another feather in your cap um i've just the work that you're doing with these characters and the stuff that you're creating uh, especially in the last couple years has for lack of a much better word it's important and it's it's respectful and it's doing a lot of things that need to happen in the industry and i just i think that you should really take as much pride in that as you can um just the responses to stuff the tweets i've seen the things that you've retweeted it's just it's a it's a really nice thing to see and and you know when i when i get down on some of the comics or some of the bigger stuff and everything i'll go to my feed and i'll see something that you've retweeted or i see people reacting to one of your books and it it makes me really happy to know that it's out there so i just want to tell you that you know as as modest as, as some of the stuff that you've done is modesty is in no way relation to how important and big it is for a lot of people so i don't know yeah. if i said that exactly yeah, the way that yeah, i was, wanted to that was great I'm getting a little hungry again a little <laughs> hungry, but, but um but yeah no i just want to i just while we have you i just wanted to let you know that yeah thank you i i really appreciate that and that's um i mean it's it's great because it's it's and in some ways it's things that you know you have to you have to work for and and working to to make sure you get things right but it's not a thing that feels like work to me because i want to get it right Mm -hmm. um i want to put in the you know the time and research to to have characters that feel authentic and that feel like real people whether you know they feel like you or they feel like somebody you know um you know, I I get asked questions a lot at at panels about you know how do you create diverse characters? Why you know how how do you how is it that you create diverse characters and everybody's excited about it? And then there's you know other people that are creating diverse characters and people are like, ah, well, that's kind of you know that's why why is this white guy creating another type of person? Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I just think it's it's just about um, it's just about putting in the work and putting in the time to understand and you know in, in a lot of cases just a- not being afraid to ask questions mm-hmm. um, because like I I pointed out to somebody recently that they were talking about uh, how much time it takes to you know talk to people and, and ask questions about things and some people don't want to answer um, you know and they don't have to um, but like you compare, you know, the amount of time it takes to get characters right to the amount of time it takes you to research, you know, the World War Two or Civil War stuff mm-hmm. that goes into the backgrounds of of numbers of comics. You know, the amount of time people spend researching that um, is is massive compared to the amount of time it takes to just just get the character stuff right. And people don't, I mean, they don't put in that time with the characters. And it's that character work that ends up touching people in a way that gives them a love for something forever. We we recommend a lot of books around here for a lot of reasons. And when first being made aware of Princeless, you know, we we've, we've talked about this. How I saw it on the shelf and sort of I'm going to get back to that when the trade comes out. And then actually, you wrote to me the one time, and I don't know of any book that I've recommended to people that I haven't heard back from more folks who've recommended it to somebody else. And it just gets passed along. 
in such a way that says that this is touching people in, in a different way than most books are. As you're saying, it's a book for people who didn't have a book for them before. Mm-hmm. And that's very, very special. Yeah, I yeah, I, I think it's it's great the the number of people that I, I have um that will you know, that are librarians or, or work at comic book stores that uh, you know, send me notes on Twitter or Tumblr or whatever about, you know, a little girl that comes into their library that they recommended Princeless to and she's so excited and ran off and, you know, went to go get stuff and that's like that's great. Like it it was, you know, it feels good when you're at a convention to have somebody say, "Oh, that sounds like something I'd like to get and and buy a thing," but like, it's so much more amazing to like have that thing go out the door, go home with the person, and then have that person contact you back and say, "Like, I have to buy another copy because I gave that copy yes. to my, you know, my niece or nephew or whatever, mm-hmm. and and you know, I need another one for me, and then probably five more to give to my, my other friends." Like, that's. I mean, that's a that's a testimonial there. Definitely is. That's on you. What is what is next in the Princeless universe while we're on this topic? Um. So right now we are uh, we're halfway. Well, three well, as of tomorrow, three quarters of the way through <laughs> um, volume four, uh, which is is titled "Be Yourself," which is all about. Um, Adrian uh, going into the swamp to to rescue her middleest sister, um, Enjoise, who is an uh, angsty gothy uh, teen, um, who is uh, it, it's a little this one's a little more in the sort of uh, comedy horror area, and that we've got goblins and zombies and uh, vampires and swamp creatures and and a little bit of everything in there. Um, it's been extremely fun to watch uh, Emily draw this and, and create all these uh, sort of wacky creatures that are in this one. Um, so that That is wrapping up next month. Um, and then we'll be moving on to uh, Volume 5, which I'm, I'm very excited about. Um, it's a little, running a little longer than the uh, the previous volume, so I think it's going to oh. end up being uh, two collections to, to make this volume up. Um, and then uh, we're also two issues into uh raven the pirate princess which is the you know, just just started spinoff um from volume three of princeless um which is so much fun to write um and and not just because uh i spent half of issue two making fun of men's right activists <laughs> um, and uh i've that's that's been the nice thing that i have had several people react to that issue that there's uh, you know, there's a whole thing of, of Raven trying to put together a crew, and all of the dudes are horrible. Um, it's basically like she's trying to put together a, a, a crew of pirates, and every internet troll in the world shows up. Um, so um, that one is is a ton of fun, and we're uh, plowing ahead. And hopefully, if it continues selling well, that'll be an, an ongoing series. Um, and it's. Um, I've I've got a lot of fun stuff planned for that, and then um, I just finished sending out uh, emails today about the uh, we're we're doing a uh, five year anniversary collection for uh, for Princeless. Um, mm-hmm. Next year will be the uh, the five year mark of when the uh, first volume came out, and um, doing an anthology book. So getting a lot of uh, 
different writers and artists that uh, I know and that I've I've met either through Princeless or just through doing comic stuff. They're gonna uh, jump in and do their own uh, their own Princeless short stories. So uh, between five and ten page stories with uh, new writers and artists that uh, I, I think are gonna be an exciting group of people for everybody to to see what they come up with. Awesome, man. Well, it all sounds great. It sounds like uh, you. Had, it's time for you to stop being an interviewee and start going to be a dad because I can hear your. I can hear in the background <laughs> some uh, stuff no, my, going down. Uh, my wife just got home, so I think my my daughter spied her from the window, yelling <laughs> for her. So I, I, I'm good. <laughs> but uh, I, we don't take honestly. I don't take up more of your time. I think we're gonna we're gonna wrap things up. Jeremy, thank you so much for joining us it's always awesome to talk to you everybody should if they can get their hands on it because i know that it's going back to second printing i believe right secret war secret love um so ch- check that out princeless on shelves this week and last week so plenty of princess for you to check out and i think a my little pony this week too right jeremy um i think let's see i've got a my little pony i think it's next week oh, it's, okay i mm. think it's in september that that's coming out and then uh, I have a, a big four-issue My Little Pony series and uh, story in the main series that's coming out starting in September. Um, and that one's going to be my my horribly dark My Little Pony story. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> awesome. Yeah. It's, awesome. It's, I, I'm excited about that one. Uh, Andy Price, who who usually illustrates Katie Cook's stuff, is uh, is drawing that one. And uh, it's going to be over the next four months. And, you know, hopefully it'll... Um, It'll be as as dark and uh, epic as as any of the comic stories have been so far. Well, I'll be jumping back onto that. <laughs> Just in time for Halloween, right? <laughs> oh, I'm so yeah. I'm so ready for that. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Well, uh, Jeremy, where can people find you on Twitter? By the way, uh, I'm on Twitter at uh, it's jrome58, so J R O M E five eight, and then uh, I'm on Tumblr at uh, princelesscomic.tumblr.com, and I'm always posting some kind of junk up there about princeless or uh taking <laughs> taking large <laughs> polls about uh about whether or not people want me to write more misty night comics <laughs> uh awesome um if you want to follow us we're at talking comics i'm at bobby shortle steve i am at dead underscore anchorus bob that email address bob Breyer at talking support the patreon check out the website talkingcomicbooks.com um if you want to be part of the 200th episode uh let us know send in send in your thoughts your memories about talking comics and don't forget as well uh talking comics movie um you have to cast all of us oh, and send it in some email we read them out on the 200th episode uh we got one image i'll show you guys after from somebody that's really? a poster yeah yeah did you hear hugh yeah yeah oh, yeah I saw his. he was just pretty good <laughs> oh, kill me now <laughs> um but we'll share those uh, on the 200th episode thank you so much for joining us on this special issue of talking comics and until next time to be continued <laughs>